Welcome to Be More Super, the podcast. Up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. An action-packed podcast where we'll discuss all things entertainment. You're the answer to are we alone in the universe? Conventions, prop collecting, cosplay, interviews, reviews, and so much more. The show starts with host Brian Gardner right now. So on this week's episode of Be More Super, the podcast, I've got a great guest. He's not only starred in The Flash, Siren, Virgin River, Supernatural, but the upcoming uh, movie, which I'm I'm sure we're probably not allowed to speak about, but I'm sure we might get a few nods and a bit of, uh, you know, exclusives maybe of Resident Evil. It's, of course, a wonderful Chad Rook. Chad, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks a lot, Brian. Appreciate it, brother. It is a pleasure. And how is everything with you? Because you're expecting soon. When's the uh, due date? It's a, it's a crazy year, man. Um, yeah, we're uh, June 4th. I guess we're going to be having a little boy, I guess, around then. So uh, poor kid. And I don't know what to say, but uh, I'm excited, <laughs> but you know, uh, equally scared. Yeah, I mean, I mean, obviously, for anyone that's that's expecting at the mo- moment, I can imagine it's a a scary time. But how exciting to have a little baby boy on the way! I mean, kids are just fantastic. I've got two little girls, and uh, I've mastered the art of moving from one room to the other without breaking my legs on Lego. So I'm yeah, sure man. that you can put 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 yourself <laughs> through that at some point. Um, so I, how's every? So how's everything with you and, um, you know, work-wise over the last year? How's, how's it affected, you know, everything in the world of Chad Rook? Yeah, I mean, the industry obviously completely shut down during the pandemic for a huge chunk of last year. And then, uh, you know, thank God I, I relocated from Vancouver to Toronto um, just prior to the pandemic. I was actually planning to move to Los Angeles, actually. Um, and then the pandemic hit and... Uh, you know, so I decided. Obviously, Canada is definitely the better of the two choices, um, uh, especially during a pandemic when you know the United States doesn't even provide healthcare or anything like that. Uh, so obviously, the choice was pretty easy to make: stay in Canada. And then um, I saw an audition for Resident Evil, um, which is just so random because, again, like I said, everything was closed, and then all of a sudden you get a huge audition for. Uh, something like that where as opposed to you know it's not just a little hallmark audition or anything like that so uh yeah we got that and um uh, that was it was it was just a weird process man because it was um you know i had no work and then all of a sudden you have this audition and then i auditioned for one role and then i uh, i got the so i i auditioned for a role this size they gave me this role (laughs) And then two days later, we got a call from the producers saying, um, we have changed our minds and we're wondering if you would like to play Richard Aiken. So, uh, which is much bigger than the other two roles I actually auditioned for. So thank God that that happened. And then shortly after that, we got the, uh, uh, the film dangerous, which is, uh, the new Mel Gibson, uh, Tyrese Gibson, all those guys are in there. Um, it's uh, an action thriller, which I play one of the, the bad guys. And dude, so it's it's going to be a, a pretty fun summer. They're both coming out this summer. so. And when are we going to see you in, in like a romantic comedy lead? Because you're, all, you're <laughs> hey, always I, playing I, the bad I, guys. 
I am actually. I have my own film called Perfect Pickup, man, and it's out there right now on Amazon and all that places. And uh, that's a romantic comedy, so, so go check that out. But um, honestly, man, it, I, I didn't really get into acting to just play a normal dude, right? Like, I love hmm. comedy. That's actually how I started back in the day. I did stand-up, and then we did sketch comedy shows. Um, but I don't know, something about playing those dark, uh, cool, villainous characters, man. It just uh, it, it draws me a lot more to a role than just playing some slapstick comedy stuff. And, it, and it's a lot more relax, uh, sort of exciting to play the bad guy, I suppose, because when you do, you know, come out of it, you come out of it with an explosion. Do you know? Do you know? Do you know what I mean? The the bad yeah, guy always would. leaves with a a good exit. You know, it's not going right, to be yeah. Go out yeah. with a bang. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. Go out with a bang. And before we start talking a bit about your career and a bit of stuff that I want to talk to you about, like the Flash and Siren, um, I've got to say on Instagram, your room that we can see. I know, obviously, you said that you you was you know you're getting ready to move, but there's I just lots moved of into a new place. Yeah. Okay. There is a lot of geeky stuff on that wall. And I'm so proud of <laughs> oh, you. Man, I yeah, really, yeah. really am. You've got act- action figures above your head, which um, am I right in saying that's something from? Uh, you've got Hellraiser. You've yeah, got- I am. Uh, uh, I I am a huge, huge gamer, and I'm a, an even bigger horror movie fan. My my mom actually raised me on horror films. She loves horror films, and and so I always watched it with her, even as a young kid, and. Um, and, and flash forward, it's just kind of cool because now, you know, because of my roles and stuff, I got to go to Comic Cons and I get to travel the world and I get to meet all of these people. So I've, I've actually met like, you know, all these people who play those characters that I just admired as kids, you know, and, and, uh, and, and now I get to hang out with them and, and, and it's, it's pretty surreal. That is awesome. I mean, obviously, you're very well known for the characters that you play. And and just just quickly touching on the conventions, do you ever get sort of starstruck at these conventions? And if you do, who's been the person that you've been so starstruck with? Yeah. Okay. Well, so I don't get starstruck from actors, but I uh, if if you know me personally, you know, and this is like probably the nerdiest thing about me is I'm a huge wrestling fan, like WWE since i've been a child uh i remember my dad took me to wrestling one time and i got to see jake the snake roberts fight andre the giant okay really like it just blew me away so i did get starstruck one time and it was from i'll show you one second let me see if i got this uh is he's on the wall somewhere anyway um here we go ah this is the moment i got starstruck is when I met the Undertaker. Yes, dude, that oh. was the only thing. That was the only time I ever got starstruck in my career and stuff. Because it was just, oh. you know, I, I don't get it from actors. I, I work with them all the time and stuff. But when I saw the Undertaker, I was like, "Dude, you're the Undertaker," <laughs> you oh, know, mate. Do you know what? I am a, a massive fan of wrestling myself, and especially the old wrestling like um i i i've met hacksaw yeah. jim 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 duggan you know so, oh and he's just amazing and yeah <laughs> it's i actually one second but i gotta show you this <laughs> yes 
This is a two by four signed by Hacksaw Jim Duggan, bro. Yes, yes. How you know what? You can't. Like, you can't. That's like my coolest souvenir I've ever gotten. And do you know what? When I met um, Hacksaw, right next next to him was Ted Diabassi. You know the 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 million dollar man. Million dollar man. Yeah. Yeah. And then they asked they asked me, "Am I meeting the other wrestlers?" And they had a few like the younger wrestlers, and I went, "No, no, no." The old days are the best days. And these wrestlers looked at me like gone out. Like, yeah, what yeah. do you mean? But do you know what? Nothing's going to replace the the ultimate warrior, Legion of Doom, you know, no. uh, the British Bulldog. Rock, the Heart Foundation, all that stuff, man. It's just, oh, you can't yeah. Yeah, and do you know what? I watched a documentary on ESPN on Ric Flair. I don't know if you've seen it yet. Yeah. But the, oh, the doc documentary he made was just... You know, through through his life and how interesting his life life is, and obviously the sad thing about his son, you know, lo 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 yeah. losing his life through drugs and and everything like like, like that. But oh man, you know, That's part of showbiz though, it's it's kind of funny because yeah. it's just always you you only see the facade of them that you know is exposed to television and stuff, and you have no clue what's going on behind the scenes all the time. You know, so exactly, it, it, yeah, it's kind of a telltale to that. It's kind of crazy. So, Chad, where were you born and raised? Because I research all my guests, but I find that a lot of the time the information on the internet is completely nonsense. So, you know where were you born and raised? My, my, I got a funniest text from my brother one time, and he says, uh, You owe me money. And I said, What are you talking about? He goes, I just Googled your net worth, and it says you have $8 million in the bank. And I said, <laughs> Yeah. I was like, awesome. where, do, where, do people, where do people get this stuff from? You know, um, but it's, anyway, it's, all, uh, it's all your stuff in your office. The eight, the yeah, eight, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, I was actually born in in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada. It's like a little southern prairie town in canada and uh um yeah that's that's where i was born and raised man so that's where the southern twang comes in i'm just a lazy redneck <laughs> there's nothing wrong with rednecks um but uh what what made you get into acting because obviously you did modeling but um it's just a strange profession to get into it really is uh it's, well, it's one of the most competitive ones and the most you know rejection filled professions that you can get you know, yeah, so what I, made you um, go into it? When when I was in high school, I, I, I you know I went through a bunch of that bullying crap and and uh, so I wasn't I wasn't really the most popular kid and stuff and uh, and but when I would do drama class acting and stuff, all that kind of stuff just went away, right? So um, I, I don't know, I kind of was drawn to it and then I just kept doing it um, almost. Uh, as a little bit of an escape, I guess you would say, from, you know, having to not hang out with the bullies or whatever. Mm. So I I, uh, I just kind of drew it to that and I just kind of I just fell in love with it, man. It was it was um, like I said, it was a, an escape. You, you get to be someone else that you might, you know, like at the time better than yourself. But obviously, you know, you mature and you grow up and mm. all that stuff. But that's how I got into acting, man. And and uh I did modeling and stuff because where I was raised, there was no film and TV industry at all. Like, mm. so I had to move where the work was. And so I, uh, right out of high school, I, I got a few jobs and saved up and moved to Vancouver as soon as I could. But in the meantime, um, I ended up 
doing a film and television competition. It was over a, a weekend, and uh, I got an agent. Uh, I sent. A, I got the world's worst photo shoot done on myself of myself at the time, and I uh, sent out photos to all these agencies. And uh, I ended up getting in an agency in, in Tampa Bay, Florida. I flew down there. We got some modeling stuff. Uh, and I, uh, it, was, it was a way into the film industry um, mm. at that time. Uh, I never really wanted to be a model. I think the industry is corrupt beyond belief. I, I wouldn't want to do that. Um, but it, it was a way in. And, uh, and, and it, got me, it, it got me introduced <laughs> to the people I didn't know. I mean, talking about the bullies in high high school, because I've been bullied quite a lot because I had a stammer when I was younger, and I still suffer from a suffer from a stammer now, um, and I just get bullied quite a lot. Looking back now, of where you you know where you are now and what you've achieved, have you ever looked back and to see where the where those bullies are? You, do you know? Do you know what I mean? What what they're up to? Because isn't that what the whole purpose of Facebook is nowadays? Is just to to see yeah. who you went to high school with and and hope to God they're fatter than you are. Like that's just really kind of what it is. Um, but yeah, I've, I've I've always looked at you know people in high school every now and then. I'm not gonna lie. Um, I don't I don't like you know track them down and then laugh at them every time a film comes out or something i mean i'm probably sending them a plug and tag them in it but you know how that goes <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh yeah remember me um no for, yeah. but good for you anyway because because it's quite quite hard and i think uh, performing arts and acting is is a great way of of, of, of dealing dealing with situations like that um so you know your first ever audition that you had can you remember your first ever audition um oh my god that was 21 years ago but um actually no it was even before that i remember my first audition it was in grade six i had to audition for the role of santa claus to get my first role ever which was <laughs> and, and i ended up getting it but I, it was a two-day audition get this for a grade six student and they, they did like a process of elimination thing and i wow. had to go into the, i had to go into this massive gymnasium with just my principal and he was the judge i guess and uh and i had to sing a santa claus song in front of him man and it was i don't know it was really weird but i until this day i don't think i remembered that dude so thanks for that memory <laughs> <laughs> two it's days so for santa claus in my mind i've never thought of that for years that's, that's funny two days for a son son santa claus did you get the part that? Yeah, I got the part, man. Yeah, good man, yeah. good man, good yeah. man. Um, so, so obviously, with with everything going on in the last year, and ov and obviously people are doing self tapes a lot more. Uh, do you prefer self tape auditioning to actually auditioning in person? Well, yes and no. Uh, so the self tape auditions are good because you can you can kind of fuck up if you can or mess up, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And, and you do it over and over and over until you have a perfect audition, then you send it in. Um, you have a lot, it's a lot less stressful. However, um, I always found in the past when the in-person auditions were there, you, it almost seems like your chances of getting the role are higher because you have that now repertoire with them in person. You've seen them in mm -hmm. person, they've seen you and you've proven to them that you don't need nine million takes, uh, that you went into the room with no mess ups. So obviously the stress and the pressure is on, but at the same time, 
that's that's what every actor should be able to do anyway. So you might as well go with the one that probably gets you a better chance at it. Yeah, definitely. And what's your end goal, Chad? What is your end goal in life in this industry? You know, is it about awards or is it about the work? No, it's. I would love to be able to just continuously not only do this, but to be financially successful so I can just fund my own uh, projects. I won't have to audition. If I want to play an assassin tomorrow, I'm going to fund it and make a movie for it. Um, you know, things like that. Or uh, if, if something comes up where a, a buddy of mine or someone pitches me an idea that I like as well or something that you can just go ahead, okay, let's fund it. Let's do it right now, not wait for all the propaganda stuff or going through unions and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that would be ultimately my goal. And that would be with acting and directing because I'm loving directing right now as well. And uh, and the other thing would be um, my biggest goal would be to change the Canadian film uh, industry in regards to casting. A lot of people don't know this, but uh, Canadian actors actually have to go through a lot more hoops and jumps to get one of the bigger roles, like especially a series regular or lead role. Those are almost always being cast out of Los Angeles or the States. And then after they've cast the series regulars in the lead roles, then they start auditioning Canadian actors. And it's happened for like 20, since I've been in the game, like 20 years, and it never stops. So my ultimate goal would be to, to finally change that and, and equal the playing field on both uh, sides of the border, especially considering that most of it's shot up in Canada anyway. Yeah, yeah. And that's shocking to hear as well, because I know that, you know, they say that Hollywood is broken in many ways, especially, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the race side of things. But I, I, you know what, I didn't I didn't realize that. And that's shocking, isn't it? It should be fear all around. It should be the best person yeah, to get the role. It's not no you, matter you'd what. Be you'd be shocked how many times um, my agent and I have gotten a call saying Chad's our first choice right now. He's on hold. So it's called shortlisted. You're being shortlisted it means that uh, they have to send you for studio approval. And we have lost, I, I can't even tell you how many over the years, how many roles we have lost because they've literally came back to us and told us, sorry, the producers want to go with an American option. Literally, those are their words. They want an American actor because it's an American project, even though it's Michelle Canada. And that's, it's just, they kind of take care of their own, right? Like, I don't know if it's so much of a, a union thing where, you know, mm -hmm. they... Uh, but it's it, it's getting to the point where it's just it's nonstop and it's not changing. That that's definitely something that does need to change. Definitely, definitely, without a doubt. So let's talk about the Flash because that's the first time I saw you in anything, and I'm mm. a big comic geek, uh, and so yeah. are you. From you know from what I've heard, um, so it's got to be exciting to actually be involved in the pilot of the flash and we see you yeah. as clyde Mar Marden, this weather you know controlling metahuman uh, yeah. how how awesome was it to be on that show and especially the pilot as well it was crazy and, and speaking of auditions that was actually one in particular as well um i actually auditioned for the flash seven times um and after my wow. after my after my third audition Every single audition, the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh one, they kept putting us on hold saying, we're going to look at more American options. Four, four more times after I auditioned three times already. I actually auditioned for um, uh, uh, Eddie's role um, uh, prior to that. And then, and then I auditioned for actual Barry Allen. And then they offered the third audition was for Clyde Martin. And then I had four more auditions after that for Clyde. And then eventually we got it. I, I met with... Uh, um, uh, 
David, uh, probably four times the director and stuff, and 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 uh, uh, Johns, Jeff Johns and stuff, and all of them. And then we finally got it, man. And when we got that call, it was I remember my agent called me, man. It was super early in the morning. The industry didn't even open, and uh, like usually things start at ten, and he called me at eight, so I knew something was up. And uh, dude, I was screaming, man. I was like, I was like, this is crazy. I'm playing the friggin' weather was like I'm I'm a super yeah. villain. Yeah, and and of course it's uh, directed by David Nutter. That da- mm. David is this magic man that anything he directs as a pilot gets picked up yeah. by the network. You know, yes, he's directed well, he's Game of Thrones. Pilot. Exactly, man. He he blows it away, yeah. and and you look at that pilot episode. <laughs> I mean, uh, whether you're a, a fan of superhero shows or not, that's that's a pretty badass episode. Yeah, and what and what what was he like like to work under? Uh, as, was, as a director, it, it, David's really cool because he's one of those. Uh, there's few directors that you get to work with that um, allow you to do your thing. You know, they yeah. they have a, a lot of directors have a vision, and you have to do it exactly how they. And it t- kind of takes the fun out of it being active. But David, he lets you just do your thing. He lets you get creative. He lets you, you know, when I was doing those weird twitches and stuff like that with the character, he he just let me do it, and he liked it, and he just he trusts his actors, and that's that's kind of one of the best things you can act. Or ask for uh, as an actor, mm-hmm. and then obviously you know filming the pilot and then seeing the finished article. How amazing was that? Because the amount of special effects around you, for instance, are stunning. Yeah. They really are. Funny. So it, it's pretty cool because yeah, when you're on set of something like that, a lot of it's green screen. It's all imagination. Like so, w- you know, when I'm walking uh, and a tornado is around me, like because I'm creating this tornado, I'm in the center of this tornado. Well, on set, I'm walking on a green treadmill. And they have these five massive fans blowing me off the treadmill. And then David comes in and says, okay, now you're fighting the Flash. And I'm like, no, dude, I'm fighting gravity. I'm about to fly off this treadmill, man. Let's just get this shot and get out of here. But then you see it on camera and you're like, this is nuts. I'm in the center of a tornado. It's nuts. that is awesome that is it's you know it's got to be such a great experience to be on camera doing that and then seeing the finished article on how impressive it was um what i would say i'm going to move to a uh, fan's question you probably know this person from instagram katie lester um once once wanted to ask how do you prepare for a role um you know for 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 like generic you know if you got a part and for example for clyde how how do you prepare uh for 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 playing a character i think i think the best thing is when if you get a character (laughs) um that doesn't really have something that you can relate to like if you you know Mm -hmm. uh i I always find that music uh can really get you in a mindset of someone because if if you listen to any type of music like from your you know your younger days and stuff like that, it just puts you in a certain mood. Like it puts you in an attitude. If you feel, you know, heavy metal is not going to make you want to, you know, just sit and calmly relax. Um, so if, if you can find kind of a, a, a music style or genre that, that you think that character would, would relate to and would, would uh, associate with, I think that's a really good starting point uh, to get you into that mindset and, you know, uh, feeling of it. And what's your favorite favorite music out of curiosity? What do you uh, listen I'm, I'm to at hip- the moment? I listen to hip hop and yeah, pretty much hip hop yeah. and old old rock like uh, ACDC, Metallica, those kind of guys. 
good man good man good to hear <laughs> um so yeah so so obviously and then and then we see uh siren which when it came out went well when it was promoted uh that this show was going to be about mermaids honestly i thought where they're going to go with that and when it came on i thought it was awesome you know it was such a good show um again you know it was geared towards you know late teens early 20s i am 41 uh believe it or not i've had a hard paper round all right and um and i really enjoy enjoyed it and you play chris Mueller in the show uh what was it like to be on the set of siren um surrounded yeah. by these uh lovely uh, you know mermaids it was cold. It was probably one of the coldest sets I've ever been on. And it was always <laughs> night shoots. And we were in Canada. And it was like, uh, you know, during the winter months. And, and, and then they're dropping like rain machines on you and wind machines. And it was freezing. It was literally one of the coldest sets I've ever been on. But that being said, it was probably one of the, the coolest casts I've ever worked with. Uh, everyone got along both on and off the set. We all became kind of family oriented. We, we hung out, we played games and stuff, they had game nights and everything. It was just a cool cast. Everyone got along. Um, and it was such a creative set too. And and that as well, that was a we were on. We uh I actually for Siren, I, I got the role uh, of Chris and uh in the original script, I actually um, die in the pilot episode. So I thought it was just going to be a one off and then um uh, a couple days before uh, we started filming, we did the read through and they changed the script completely and and i became a, a you know character throughout the whole series that's awesome that is really yeah. really good because um you know you know I, I you know you look at shows like 24 um and you know people that go on to that 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 show literally can get killed killed off in one episode without even yeah. realizing so yeah. it must be quite nice to go expecting one and you being signed signed up for the rest rest of the series which is pretty pretty, pretty cool um yeah so um on to uh phantomanda on instagram so resident evil so i've never played the games believe it or not but all my friends have and they've told me to play the games um and i've ne never gone around to playing the games i've seen every resident evil movie and obviously miller uh Djokovic, you know is now take taking a knee and um you know she has stopped making the movies for now and she's you know gone, gone aside and there is a new movie coming out which is more of an origin story movie this is what we've read online and obviously you've said that you've played richard aitken so there is some questions here you can say no comment if uh, you're not allowed to say anything i completely understand with N ndas um so how how was the experience so this is from fan uh, fanto manda how was the experience for you working on resident evil so it was, was uh it? it was surreal so i i am an original uh resident evil fan i was raised on those games um i can vividly remember the first time i was walking down those corridors in the spencer's match and those dogs broke through the windows and, this, and they chase you it scared the bejesus out of me then and i understand why it still does today and i loved it and to to play so many you know days and days of your life to spend so much time of your life in a game oriented world that's especially around like the Spencer mansion or raccoon city, which are, you know, 
iconic in the Resident Evil. And then to get cast as one of the characters you used to play in a video game, and then you walk onto a set that is literally you now in the video game. It is mental. It, it's kind of a, a, a mind buck in a way because it's not just a, a set anymore. It's 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 it means a lot more to you when you when you step on something that you've envisioned and now you're you're actually in. I mean, his next question was, "What can the audience uh, and the fans expect?" So obviously, you've said there that it's very close to the original games one, one and two. Um, so it's going to have that feel about about it, which I think is probably going to. I know what the gaming community is like. I really do, because I'm getting hounded all the time by yeah. them, especially if I have a guest from, you know, that sort of franchise. Um, so would you say, you know, what would you say is to to be expected from well, the you, movie? What can the fans expect? Have you seen the new Mortal Kombat trailer for the new Mortal Kombat coming out? Yes, I've got a few of the cast on. Are you a Mortal Kombat yes. fan? Though? Yes. Okay, so that trailer is exactly what I think Resident Evil is going to do for the, 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 the gamer fans of Resident Evil because I'm a huge Mortal Kombat fan. And when I saw that trailer for the new movie coming out, I, it was probably the best trailer I've ever seen in my life. It gave us everything that we've always wanted, even though there have been previous Mortal Kombat movies. Yep. There was always like, ah, I wish there was something different. And this trailer, this looks like we're getting more. You get all the characters you know and love. You get, uh, you know, maybe some little twists and stuff and new stuff. But you're seeing what you've always wanted to see. And with Resident Evil, it's the same thing. We never really got the Resident Evil movie we wanted because yeah. Resident Evil wasn't I mean, that that storyline with Alice, that was actually, uh, I was told, and I'm not going to say by who, um, <laughs> but on set, um, those weren't even written as Resident Evil movies originally. Um, they were actually, it was his own um, little uh, side movie um, that turned into a zombie movie, and then producers and stuff came and said, let's make it a Resident Evil movie, and that's why Alice was, was already uh, the main character of that movie. So... And, and now we're getting what we, you know, Resident Evil is so renowned and loved by so many fans because of what it was and what it is in the game world. And we never got that in the films. And now I think uh, we're, we're going to finally get what we want. And do you know when we're going to get the first uh, look at the uh, trailer? You talking about trailers? I know. <laughs> Everyone always asks me when's the trailer come. I I'm not privy to that information, unfortunately. I wish I did. <laughs> but I'm sure that if we... I'm sitting there waiting every day like you guys. <laughs> and how would you define the uh, character of Richard Aikens? Or Atkins? Aikens? Uh, yeah, I think... I think the, I, I'm, I'm not going to go too, too much in the characters and stuff for now, just because I don't That's know... That's fine. Uh, but um, uh, like I said, it's it's just nice to know that we're getting characters that we all know and love and the the way that johannes the director has done it um it's it's it it plays true to the characters in in the game as well and would you say your part in resident evil has been your favorite uh part to play so far or have you got another you know part that's been your favorite I think Resident Evil definitely is up there with the experience because of, of what the show was. The character itself, 
Um, I, I played a character, um, I played Captain uh, Ahab in Once Upon a Time. Yeah. And that was that was probably, I'm, I'm a one-legged pirate that, you know, hunted down Moby Dick, and now I'm fighting Captain Hook. So that's a pretty hard role to top, man. That was a that was a fun <laughs> one. I was literally walking around on set as a massive, crazy wardrobe, uh, you know, out of pirates with a one leg, and that was that was probably my favorite role, to be honest with you. And I've got asked as well because uh, on a post that you put on your Instagram account, you posted a nice picture of your badge and your your name tag from Resident Evil and that got me thinking because the sponsors of my show is Prop Store that have got offices in LA and in London and they sell and and deal with props and costumes from the shows. So have you ever kept anything from any of your productions that you've been involved in that you may have swiped or been given or borrowed? Borrowed I, is, is, I, is a good word. The office I'm sitting in right now is surrounded by things that I've taken from every set probably. <laughs> um, and so, uh, yes, I, I have done it. You want to see something? Yeah. So this, I even took, so this is a Resident Evil one here, man. And I posted these. These are the, sh this is one of the shotgun shells from the actual <laughs> shotgun. I get to shoot on the movie. So this probably killed a good zombie or two. Um, and then, uh, and then I even got this one, man. Now this is this is my name badge from War from the Planet of the Apes, and my character. Well, nobody knows until this very moment if they watch this interview that I even have these. I just took this stuff. I'm a thief, actually. I, I'm actor <laughs> slash thief, and uh, the, and that's what I guess I do. I'm, I'm I'm I probably need some help. I am sure you earned everything that you've got. Um, and the market for them is crazy because you think that them shot, uh, shotgun shells, you know, yeah. they sell for about five hundred dollars to a thousand dollars each. That's yeah, crazy um, I, to collectors, pretty, which I think is fantastic. What's pretty crazy is that I actually um, I did an Instagram post with I think I, I collected four or five of the shells just for fun, and I posted them, and you would be shocked at how many people offered to to buy the 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 sh one of these little plastic shotgun shells it's crazy <laughs> so keep an eye out at propstore.com because there may be some yeah, uh, right? shotgun yeah. shells on there very very soon uh, but yeah. <laughs> but that's awesome so uh, let's move on to your fan base because your fan base is fantastic you've got such mm -hmm. loyal and passionate fans why are they so passionate what sort of like sort of are you a hypnotist? I mean, you have got some amazing fans. I mean, what makes them no, passionate? You know what? My my fans and I, um, we have. I think I, knowing other actors and and how they do with social media and stuff. I think my my fan base or whatever, and I, and I have a little bit different camaraderie. Like we talk. We uh, I'm online all the time chatting with people and, and I reply to them and, and, and they reply to me. So it's, it makes it a little bit different. Right. So, um, yeah. we, we just kind of, you know, I, I actually start to know like Katie Lester, for example, I know her, for example, uh, I know <laughs> by names and stuff because we are always chatting. There's always something to talk about. Right. Definitely. Def, definitely. And you go to a lot of conventions, which, uh i you know i've seen and i can't wait for the conventions to start again for you to come over come over to the uk uh I can't what's wait. what's been the most unique encounter you've had with a fan oh uh i mean i, I there's a lot 
but I, I, I mean, I think it's it's it, it's kind of different when like they come up to you and they've tattooed you onto their body or something like that. Like, uh, wow. um, you know, not only names, but then you know if they have faces or if they have the characters or uh, you know. And it is humbling. I mean, it's it's kind of cool, but at the same time, you look at them and I'm like, are you out of your freaking tree? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, what if I quit acting and became some psycho murderer tomorrow? Now I'm on your body for life. <laughs> but that's cool. That's cool. You know, it's got a story behind it. Um, yeah. But yeah, that must be absolutely weird because I suppose the pressure on you to how you act at these conventions, uh, you know, again, with these with these fans that have got your name tattooed or you've signed some something on, on their body part and they've got it tattooed, the amount of pressure that you must feel to have to, to deliver, to, you know, to deliver, <laughs> you know, such a, a, a nice persona. Uh, I mean, do you, do, you, do you feel pressure over social media? Because a lot of actors that I've spoken to, there's quite a few that haven't got a social media presence. And they've done that yeah. on, you know, for a reason. I mean, do you feel yeah. a lot of pressure on how you come across and how you do communicate with fans? You know what? It's weird with social media. I find that the different types of platforms have a whole different vibe to it. Um, I've actually mm. pretty much stopped Twitter. I mean, I'll do like the odd post now and then, but... Um, Twitter seems like it's just full of trolls. It just is full of people that no matter you could go and post the most positive thing ever or, or about something and you yeah. will have for some reason 500 people just messaging you to say, go die today. <laughs> like, it's just weird, right? Whereas mm. something like Instagram, you know, everyone's so friendly and, and give you, so it just really depends on them and that's why, you know, I don't use Twitter too much. I don't and and this is why as well other actors that i know and stuff their social media is is just they only post like the odd thing because there's just no time for oh, so much hate and there's just unfortunately social media is just packed with it mm. yeah it's very it's very true there's some unusual individuals out there that just think you know well that spend their time just being horrible which i i just think's you know shocking so what is next before we bid farewell uh to this lovely chat that i've had with you what's what's next for the world of chad rook what what I'm is actually, next for um, you? I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the release of resident evil and dangerous which are both coming out summer um dangerous just got a worldwide theatrical release announced um uh, that's going to be a really fun one uh, that i really enjoyed the character on that on that one a lot um, and then uh, I'm actually uh, writing uh, and trying to develop my next uh, feature film to direct. Uh, it's called Asylum. It's a horror film, horror slash thriller, and it's a it's an all female cast. Um, it's it's going to be wild. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm I'm actually uh, looking to maybe film that in Austria. So we're uh, right. so that's kind of my next project, other than the new baby on the way, um, <laughs> and uh, and just fishing as much as I can this summer. So we'll see what happens. And have you got any baby names that you're thinking of, or is it all top oh, secret until he arrives? We do, but you know how that is, man. You got to keep it secret. Don't know why, <laughs> but we, we never know why we're keeping a secret, but we do. Oh, bless you. Well, congratulations in advance to the birth of a, a, a bouncing baby boy. Um, it's a magical thing, thing to happen. Are you going to be at the birth, I presume? Are you going to be there with your arms ready to catch the baby? Uh, I will I will be, man, but uh, we just got knows that we might we might have another role on the way, and if so, um, <gasps> it's going to be 
going right over the birth, so I don't know, man. I'm, I'm praying that I'll be there and I'll do whatever I can to make it happen. So. Oh, bless you. Well, I hope you, 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 you know, you carry on doing what you're doing, which is magical. And uh, I hope, you know, I wish you all the best in the future. And, and Chad, thank you so much for your time. Look after yourself. Keep safe. Um, and thank you for coming on to the show. Brian, thanks a lot, man. And keep kicking ass, man. I've been watching a lot of your episodes and stuff. Uh, you do a great job, bud. So keep it up. You've been listening to Be More Super, the podcast. It was kind of a crazy, fun experience. I love the show, guys. You're awesome. Listen, my whole family loves it, man. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and share with your super friends. My world, it means hope.